Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. to the show welcome to the show how's everybody doing hope everybody's well we're gonna start off recapping nfl week six talk about all the craziness and then we're gonna go ahead and jump into week seven give you my picks and after that you can go have a big bowl of ice cream for all i care but here we go with arizona Versus Dallas for the first game. I want to talk about just a few things I want to point out to you from this game. Uh, Andy Dalton warming up on the sidelines during the game did nothing for me. That's a non, that was a non-starter. Um, throughout the whole game, the Cowboys were just getting kicked around. I mean, I don't know what else to say. All the weapons, um, all the weapons. They have all the weapons. Two receivers that went over a thousand yards last year, and uh, they uh, couldn't show up. CD Lamb stopped dead in his tracks. Welcome to the NFL. Uh, Cardinals defense was just all over the place. Very stiff. Very stiff defense from the Cardinals. Before halftime, it was twenty-one to three, and Arizona was just rolling. Kyler Murray dropping dimes. Um, you'll hear that more, more and more. I'm telling you, this is a kid that he runs to extend the play, but that's not his main objective. His main objective is to throw the football, move around in the pocket, avoid taking a sack, avoid turnovers. He's just a smart quarterback and he's going to be a big deal in uh, the NFL moving forward. And he's showing you what he can do with his feet. He's showing you what he can do with his arm. I mean, you can't say enough about Kyler Murray. He's great. Larry Fitzgerald, a uh, little bit of a little bit of a, a down year, slow year for him. DeAndre Hopkins finally looks like he's working into the offense now, where it looked like he was just kind of like in just out of sorts in this uh, Arizona offense, but it looks like it's starting to come together here. So that's good. Uh, we all know they can run the ball. So I like this Arizona Cardinals team. We, I've talked about them before the season began. You know, I said, you know, as long as this team comes together, they're going to go ahead and go uh, and win eight or more games. And I still believe that right now, moving into week seven. And they really did put a number on this Cowboys team. You don't have Dak Prescott moving forward. Uh, you know, that's a big loss to the Cowboys. They're not going to overcome that loss. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Not going to happen. Um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, rolling his eyes. I mean, you see it. It's, uh, it's dysfunctional. Mike McCarthy's got a dysfunctional, uh, team on his hands. A lot of that is, uh, you know, it's really due to Dak Prescott going down. There goes your leader. I don't see guys rallying behind Andy Dalton. He didn't give you anything to rally behind in that game. You lost 38 to 10. Disappointing. Very disappointing for Cowboys fans. Very good news for Bird Gang fans. I mean, the, the Cardinals deserve all the credit. They went out there, played a good game. And it looks like DeAndre Hopkins is starting to fit in this offense, which is great, great news. This is amazing news for Cardinals fans. Uh, because it looks like he wasn't fitting in the offense, uh, before this game. And this, uh, really, uh, this game right here is a turning point in the season. We're hitting a turning point. Chiefs first Bills. It's the next game I want to talk about and make a few points about this game. Uh, watched, watched it. Um, it was enjoyable, but, and I, you know, then I went back and looked through the highlights and looked through what, you know, we're able to see here, uh, from the NFL channel and, uh, NFL YouTube and looking through the different plays and slowing things down to try to make more sense of this. And you could see that it was a close game. Well, let's not take that away from Buffalo that they kept it close, but Josh Allen just wasn't gelling. The receivers were having trouble getting separation. Kansas City defense is for real. We could definitely agree on that. I'm sure everybody is all in. Um, the only thing that's going to stop Kansas City and the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward is their kicker. And I'm dead serious. You know, I'm noticing a trend with him missing extra points now. Very simple thing to correct. But now we have to wait and see. Can he correct us? Because that's not going to work in the long run if your kicker's not knocking down extra points and then it comes down to a critical 50-something yard field goal and he can't knock it down. You know, I mean, that's, there's a little bit of a, that, that's a little worrisome from the Chiefs that their kicking's not all there. Um, and also the Bills kicker missed a crucial field goal that would have given the Bills a much needed boost in, in this game. And so that kind of is a little bit revealing of the Bills kicking, uh, game as well. Bill's play calling just has to be better. I just felt like the play calling was not good for this game. And I noticed that was a trend this week as well, where the play calling was very con very conservative this week with a lot of teams, the Packers, the Bills, um, the Rams. A lot of teams were just very, very cautious, and it cost them. Um, so, I mean, I just find that to be a little bit uh you know, revealing and telling of the turning point we're hitting in the season. I don't think anybody's surprised with Patrick Mahomes at this point in the year. You, you know, we're more than a quarter of the way, uh, and I I feel like we're getting close, closer and closer to being able to determine uh, who's a real contender. Not just who I think's a contender, but who's a real contender to go and win this thing. And win this, win the whole kid and caboodle. And I think that Mahomes and the Chiefs still have to be everybody's favorite right now. Because I think they show you that unless there's something that happens going forward injury wise, that the only thing they have to worry about is their kicker knocking just simple extra points down and being able to make his field goals. 
So that's what I'm also noticing with the Chiefs is it's going to come down to their special teams uh, in these tight games. You see it when they played the Raiders. They didn't look so good. Well, you're going to see the Raiders again. So, I mean, it, they're they're going to have to get better just like everybody is, especially the Bills. This is a team that two weeks ago we're all in on Josh Allen being MVP. I mean, everybody was, you know, look at Twitter, it lit up, NFL Twitter, and, you know, just every hashtag, you know, Josh Allen was lighting up, Bill's Mafia was lighting up everywhere, all over social media, Instagram, and everywhere. And all of a sudden, now it's just, like, very cooled off, very crisp air, like winter setting in. There's really two sides to how Bill's fans are feeling. One, I believe, is they're feeling that this is just a bad game, bump in the road, we will overcome. I like that mentality. But then there's the other feeling that maybe we're not good enough yet. We, we're still young, we have this good team, uh, in this, the sentiment out there that, uh, we're we're going to overcome. I I don't buy that. Maybe you know and that's the other Bills fans, and the uh, outsiders looking in. Right. One thing I like about the Bills though going forward is they have a lot of talent. Stephon Diggs, I really like him at wide receiver. He needs help from Cole Beasley. He needs help from the other wide receivers on that roster. And uh, Singletary, I'd like to see him uh, just hit the hole harder when he's running and I think they'll have just much more success. Um, stop being timid. Let's, you know, let's go the bills, this bills team, uh, if their offense can control the ball and then dictate the pace of the game, then you have, uh, their defense that can stay in it, uh, for four quarters. They've shown you they could do that. They showed you that they can make it close. Um, they have a lot of things to work on, but it's a good defensive unit. They like playing together. That's another thing that helps this Buffalo Bills team. So I like this Buffalo Bills team still. Um, I, you know, a little bit of the middle there. I'm like, I think it's, you know, another bump in the road. You're playing the Chiefs who are just rolling. They have so many weapons. They're really good. I don't want to think too much into it. But you also can't help but get the feeling that maybe they just don't have it when it comes down to it. And they're hoping they don't play the Chiefs in the playoffs uh, because I do think the Chiefs and the Bills are right now both playoff teams uh, pending the outcome of the season. That's that's still who I believe here is going to make it out of the AFC. That's going to be two of the strongest contenders is going to be the Chiefs and the Bills. But let's talk about the NFC for a second here. 49ers versus the Rams couple points I want to make about this game as well, because this was a good game. Uh, if you like defenses and if you like Jimmy Garoppolo, which he's a, he's a fan favorite, I would say. Um, but the Rams of 49 is a very interesting game. Very good NFC West matchup here. And I just can't help but get the feeling that the 49ers, you know, I shouldn't have went against them so much this week because Jimmy Garoppolo's back. He showed you that, you know, he can come back and and, uh, be uh, just as good a competitor as anybody in the NFL. So him, Raheem Mostert at running back. And then uh, also they have good wide receivers that are uh, speedsters. That's really helping them out. Then throw George Kittle in the mix. 
So your three-headed monster is George Kittle at tight end, Raheem Mostert, and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's your three-headed monster. The defense is just it's just a plus. I mean, it's just nice to have uh, a great defense like the 49ers defense is. They really contained the Rams running game all day. Like, Daryl Henderson Jr. was the lead rusher for the Rams. Like, it was not a good day at the office. Tyler Higby was the leading receiver with 56 yards. It was not a good day at the office. I feel like, the, you know, that's another thing that happens in the NFL. We're like, when the team doesn't do good, like, the stats really show. And uh, Jared Goff somehow didn't even throw for 200 yards, just shy of 200 yards, and he had two touchdowns. So Jared Goff's not the problem. He's definitely not the problem. People are trying to make this into something it's not. People just have this animosity for Jared Goff. It's there. It's real. People don't like him. I don't understand it. He's a good quarterback. He's got a big arm. But the inaccuracies are there somewhat. He he can be an inaccurate passer, to be fair, you know, because I don't like to boost anybody up too much. So he can be an inaccurate passer. Um, but the Rams defense really didn't hold up that well at the end. Early in the game, the 49ers really got a rhythm, okay? But then in the middle of this game, the Rams' defense was, was was stiff. And then at the end of the game, they let it go. But, I mean, the Rams' offense wasn't on the field uh, too much, to, to be fair, opposed to the 49ers' offense. So possession really had a big factor on this game. And it's very telling of where these two teams are headed. Again, we're getting back to that turning point theme for the NFL. Um, that I've been building for you here on the show. We're at a turning point now. The teams you thought were good, the teams you know are good, look good. The teams you think might be good that have shown you glimpses and uh, flash, flashes of brilliance here and there, they're starting to fizzle out. Um, but one team that's just, I think they have a really good chance to be a playoff contender. I really, really do. And you won't believe me, but it's this Miami Dolphins team. I mean, I can't give this team enough credit. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, breaking news, is going to the bench for Tua, who's healthy now. So Tua's been the guy that they've needed all along, is what I've been saying. They need Tua, they need Tua. Why aren't they starting? And Williams was been injured, had this injury. But the the rumor out there was that he was he could play he could play, um. So now he is playing, so that's been answered. So now two is in there. So exactly what I wanted to happen happened. I'm sorry, I'm spoiled that way, and I got my way once again. But look, two is the guy you want. I like what Fitzpatrick has been able to do. Give the Miami Dolphins offense all the credit. The New York Jets are either tanking. Or they just completely suck. And I think it's a mixture of both, to be fair. But, um, and I don't know if that's fair to the Jets fans, but I, I think it's fair to all of us that like football and like watching football and want a good competitive game. I think it's fair to that, that group of people, uh, which will, I guarantee you, outnumber the Jets fans. Uh, so we're going with a little bit of majority rule here. And Miami Dolphins defense is just stellar in this game. Give them all the credit. Good tackling defense. Um, watch the film. You know, watch what you can of it. You'll see they're good. They they wrap up tackle. They don't uh, do the little arm tackle. They're they're good. I like them. 
Gaskin running the ball, he's tough, he's physical, he's a power back. He is going to be a problem. He is going to be a problem for defenses. He's just going flat out. He's going to be a problem for defenses. Defenses are showing you the power run is well alive in the NFL. And uh, Gaskin is showing you that. He's, he's showing you the power run is well alive. Uh, but Fitzpatrick, three touchdowns, had a great game. And they're um, they're benching him. So, I mean, you know, would I bench him? Not not when he's playing like this, I wouldn't. Because I, I would stay with the hot hand. But, I mean, I feel like the Miami Dolphins made a commitment to Tua. And this is the other side of it. They made a commitment to Tua that when they drafted him, that he would be their starter once he was 100% mentally and physically, right? Because there's also the mental aspect of it. So once he was ready mentally and physically, he knows he knows the playbook. He's had plenty of time to study it. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a great athlete, um, and he's got a good pocket presence. So I feel like they're going in the right direction with Tua because he's younger, he's going to give you more, and Fitzpatrick as a backup. Um, can give him tidbits of advice here and there and, and hopefully uh, give him uh, constructive criticism to uh, level up his game. And that's what uh, Dolphins fans really want. But it, Dolphins fans should be happy. If you're a Dolphins fan or if you were a closet Dolphins fan and you just really were quiet about it, now's the time to get out of the closet about it because the Dolphins are for real. And uh, you know for a fact you know for a fact that if Tua doesn't work out and Tua somehow doesn't work out, which I don't see that happening, but if he doesn't work out, you got Fitzpatrick as backup, and he's dedicated. He's dedicated to the Dolphins team. He's dedicated to the Dolphins franchise. Very touching scene here for Dolphins fans if you're a real big Dolphins fan. It's a very touching scene here because Fitzpatrick is very emotional about this. I can see why. You know, he's got benched for the younger guy, man, and, um, you know, uh, it's it's tough. That's a tough situation to be in for Fitzpatrick especially the way he was playing and how good he, he was playing just not big on him that much you know just never was really big on him but he definitely was playing well and you can't take that away from him um and the Miami Dolphins are really counting on Tua to work the Jets would love to have a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick right now they would love it they would absolutely love it they made such a bad mistake uh, they've made such bad mistakes in the draft. They've made such terrible decisions in free agency. This franchise is in shambles. This Jets franchise is just in shambles. And Jets fans are just fed up. And I, 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 can't, I can't blame them at all. I can't blame you at all for that feeling. I'm feeling that way towards these Jets. It's just It's really, if, when you think about it, it's like, oh, this is just disgraceful. New England versus Denver. Should have thought Cam Newton was going to need a week to get right here. Because it was just not working out. They're like, everybody's talking about Edelman. Edelman needs to step up. Edelman needs to step up. Yeah, Edelman. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, Cam Newton's your stud. And uh, he's your leading rusher. And he's your, you know, your quarterback. I just, I I don't understand that. Um, So, you know, Bill Belichick failed this week. That was awful play calling, and at no point in this game did I feel like they had this. Uh, did I feel like they had a chance? And I, I had, I had them winning this one. I was very confused at the play calling in this game by Bill Belichick. Uh, he, he definitely misread his own offense. 
Um, and that's the bottom line. And I don't care what anybody says. That's what happened this week. Bill Belichick completely dropped the ball. Um, what, what else can you say for the, for the Patriots fans out there? But the Broncos with, uh, Drew, Drew Locke, uh, back in there, you know, this is a huge development, but he really didn't do, he may have not done a whole lot. He, he was like just throwing to Tim Patrick. Because they couldn't stop Tim Patrick for some reason. Like the Patriots just couldn't stop Tim Patrick. I don't know. They just couldn't stop him. He had four catches for 101 yards. And then Philip Lindsay ran the ball for 101 yards. The Patriots defense is, uh, they're not as good as we thought. The turning point in the season is starting to roll over. And the Patriots defense is not as good as we thought they were. And, I still like this Patriots group on offense and on defense. I think there's a lot of potential. But if you couldn't get past the Broncos, who are reeling, who are just reeling, who are close, they're playing tough every game, give the Broncos credit, but they're reeling, they're not doing good. And then they just get Drew Locke back. Patriots get Cam Newton back from COVID-19. Glad he's better. But I just find it weird that, like, Drew Locke outplays Cam Newton and both these quarterbacks are returning. Drew Locke was out longer, obviously, but if you follow, you would know. But if you don't follow along, that's the situation. That's the storyline for this game. And Drew Locke outduels Cam Newton. Um, that's the bottom line. 18-12 to 12 was low score, and it was a defensive struggle for a lot of this game. But, yeah, the Patriots' defense, I don't know, didn't look right. Their offense play calling their uh their play calling was terrible this week. Bill Belichick's gotta get a handle on that. Detroit just put the route on the Jaguars. Did everybody witness that? There no one pays attention to Detroit. No one cares. No one cares about Matt Patricia and the freaking Lions. Jacksonville Jaguars. That that Minshew Mania thing just really fizzled out fast. Like that was a uh, whoop. One hit wonder, boy. That was out of there. And, uh, Matt Stafford just, uh, tore it up. Just tore it up. Matt Stafford looking like he was playing Madden out there. DeAndre Swift. The DeAndre Swift run all over them. Just run all over the Jaguars defense. The Jaguars defenses. Them and the Washington Redskins, I really think are the worst defenses in the league. Like I really do. And the Jets. You gotta throw the Jets in there. Jets might be now, they, this week, the turning point might be the Jets being the worst defense. But then we'd say Jacksonville, and then we'll say Washington football team. Uh, those are the three worst defenses. Fade those defenses, uh, in every opportunity you get. James Robinson, 12 carries for 29 yards. Well, I'm sorry, Jaguars fans, that's not going to get it done. Gardner Minshew threw the ball 44 times and just completed 25 passes, and it was just not good. It was not good. He didn't he didn't really do enough. Uh, threw the ball to Keelan Cole a lot. He had 143 yards, but it just didn't do a lot. Easy game for the Lions, 34 to 16, and you couldn't help but feel like the Lions were just waiting to bust through. Like they were just waiting to rip through a team here. They were tired of getting beat on by everybody that's better than them. Chicago versus Carolina. 
You know, Teddy Bridgewater is just a it's just a that's just a funny situation in Carolina. Like Teddy Bridgewater, sixteen for twenty nine, two hundred sixteen yards, no touchdown, no nothing. Mike Davis running the ball, eh, whatever. David Montgomery running the ball for the Bears, man, whatever. Nick Foles, man, this was a game that's like, whatever, dude. But uh, the Bears will show you that they'll win close games because they have uh, the best defense in the NFL, the Bears do. Because their offense is, I'm telling you, the Bears' offense is, is whack. You got one good receiver, Allen Robinson. One. That's your receiver. That's your guy. Everybody knows it that you play. And then you have David Montgomery, who's just mixture of speed and power, but really a power back that's undersized. And then you have Nick Foles, who is like every other drive, he's good. So just a Bears offense is whack, and that's not going to get you far. But the Bears defense, man, they're good. They are just hoping that that Bears offense can work itself out here. They just are hoping that Bears offense can work itself out because that Bears defense shows you that they are for real. Cleveland Browns, uh, they stunk the place up, didn't they? They stunk it up. We say something nice about them here on Preston Super Show. Say something nice about the Cleveland Browns, and then they just turn around and stink it up. Pittsburgh Steelers, they did what I thought they would do. I picked them to win this game. I thought that was easy. I thought everybody would pick them. I mean, who thought the Browns were going to win this game? But, I mean, the way the Browns lost, that's really what I'm talking about. 38-7, to Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers are the number one team in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. Ben Roethlisberger, look at the statistics. He's having the best season of his career. He's got Chase Claypool, who is just phenomenal right now. He's just having a sensational season. Incredible. They're not talking, people aren't talking about it. That's what you need to be talking about. This Chase Claypool kid is a freak of nature, and he's a freaking awesome to watch, too. And uh, James Conner running the ball, power back, bulldoze you, bulldoze you right over, not scared to take a hit. I love it. I like this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Very good team, very competitive. They play to the level of their opponent and better, much better than the Browns uh, this week in week six. And uh, moving forward, definitely be looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers because Roethlisberger's having the best season of his of his life, of his life right now. And you have to look at this Cleveland Browns team as kind of like a week-to-week team. This is definitely a week-to-week team. The Steelers, we know they're going to be good. I feel like the Steelers are going to be tough in every game because their defense is just kicking ass. T.J. Watt's kicking ass. Everybody on the defense is kicking ass. This is great. This is what you want. This is the team you want. Mike Tomlin, the freaking head coach. Terrible politics. Sounds like a goof, but, man, he's got a good football team on his hands. He's coaching this team right. Baltimore versus Philadelphia. The Battle of the Birds. Uh, Baltimore pulls this one out because they took a lead and then they started to give it up to Carson freaking Wentz. I'm telling you, this Carson Wentz guy, Philadelphia, you guys got burned on this deal. I'm telling you, you got burned on this deal. It's a bad deal. This guy's not going to lead you to the promised land. Not happening, son. Not happening. Miles Sanders played good. 
lot of talk about Miles Sanders. Didn't, didn't get a touchdown running the ball, but uh, a lot of talk about Miles Sanders. That turned to be a nothing burger for the most part. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you see it. You know it. He's going to run on you. He's going to pass on you. And that's just what he's going to do. But he's not going to throw the ball for many yards. Like he threw the ball for 186 yards this week. He threw one touchdown. He ran a touchdown. Ran 108 yards. His leading receiver had 57 yards. That could be telling us that he spreads the ball around. But then you have to see he only completed 16 passes. So that's not really the case. Your leading receiver had four catches, uh, 57 yards. So I don't know if it's a case of spreading the ball around as much as it is. Just he doesn't really throw the ball. Uh, He doesn't really complete too many passes. Compared to other quarterbacks, he just the average is he's below average on completing passes here. So that's what worries me about this Baltimore team is that uh, they're physical, they're tough. But then late in the game, they start to wear down. Their defense starts to wear in the game. They gave up 22 points to Philadelphia in the fourth quarter, to make my point. They start to wear down late in the game. Be weary of that. Uh, Baltimore fans, talk to your team. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, definitely be uh, weary of that. Philadelphia, just a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work and not a lot of time, but there's there's time. Not a lot, though. Got to get it going in these next two, three weeks. are going to be critical. By week eight, you want to have your, you know, by week eight, you you got to know on your team who's your main guy, who's your secondary guy, who you can trust. Like, that's the things you got to be knowing by week eight because at that point, it's it's really make or break time. New York Giants versus the Washington football team. Close game. Good game for the defenses. Don't think either team is going to the playoffs. I think you just witnessed, you know, two teams that are pretty much, they're out of it, but, you know, they still have a lot of games to play. So you see, uh, Giants won this one 20 to 19. So it's close. It's tight. It's a physical game, but not that interesting. It just, the defense has kind of ruled the day and the Giants end up squeaking this one out. Because the Washington football team is not that good because they're going through the quarterbacks. They're trying to figure it out. They don't really have an answer um, as far as the defense goes. Whatever you're good at on offense, you'll be able to do against the Washington football team defense. That's the way I see it. Atlanta versus Minnesota. This was surprising. Minnesota just a week ago looked like they were turning the curve here and they were going to start getting back on track. And then they just... Took one step forward, two steps back. Maybe more, because Atlanta really beat them up good. Matt Ryan was ice. He was Matty Ice this week. What will he be next? He's a week, that's the Falcons, the Vikings. These are week to week teams. You have to look at them week to week. They're not going to be good in the long run. In the long run, you can't count on these teams. You have to be looking at them week to week. You can't plan ahead for these teams. You can't plan picks ahead for these teams. This, these are teams that are week to week. They're not good enough for you to plan ahead with. Uh, when you're betting, that's that's not what these two teams are going to be good for. You have to know right now. Look at these teams week to week, because uh, neither one of these teams I'm high on. But Atlanta has the offensive firepower. Their problem is they have no defense, and when their offense stutters out, which it it does, 
I mean, you've seen it stutter out. Then they really look bad. Um, and also, they're a very cocky team, this Atlanta football team, with Julio Jones and the rest of these guys. These guys are all cocky. These guys are really cocky, man, for a team that's not good. Um, one of the one of the worser teams in the uh, NFL, and they're very cocky. And uh, that's not helping them. It's not doing them any favors. This is what cost them the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Go back and watch the watch the tape. They were they were cocky as hell. They thought they had it in the bag. Done deal, son. Done deal. Minnesota not that good. They're just not flat out not that good. Adam Thielen. He's ready to get out of there. You heard that on the hot mic. He's ready to get out of there. Kirk Cousins not a leader. Um. I don't know. It doesn't look good for this team. Dal- Dalvin Cook, uh, what happened? Where, where'd where you go? Everybody's just talking all this stuff, you know, about how great you are, and then you just, you flop. So, I don't know. Minnesota's got a lot of work to do. We're, ri- we're you know, I'm being harsh on them. Everybody is, really, that I've seen that's talking about the Vikings. We'll see what the future holds. Indianapolis Colts versus Cincinnati Bengals. I knew the Colts would win, but it was it was scary early because it looked like in that first quarter they gave up the fourteen points and then they kind of looked like they were done. Like it looked like they were just ready to throw in the towel. But then all of a sudden, the energy came back to their side. They they pulled off twenty one points in the second quarter while the Bengals were still scoring. And then fourth quarter, the Colts were just the better team. And uh, they showed it 31-27 victory. Phillip Rivers throws three touchdowns. Again, Phillip Rivers, he'll talk all that smack. But it's really good to see him when he backs it up. That's what I like to see, and he did that this week. Jonathan Taylor uh, needs more production. We're We're calling here at the Super Show for Jonathan Taylor to get more production. Get him involved in the offense more. But uh, overall, good game for the Colts. The, you can't help but wonder with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. It's just like this is just a building year. Like this is just a building year. This is just to get Joe Burrow's feet wet. This is just to get him prepared for the NFL and get a little fire in his belly from getting beat on by some of these defenses. And then next season he's going to come out and he's going to light it up. Or next year he's going to come out and have the sophomore slump. You know what I mean? So just... We'll have to see with that. It's interesting because he had a good game here. Um, and especially early on, you it looked like this this Bengals team was fired up. They're ready to go. But don't forget, in this game, Joe Burrow did not throw a touchdown, but threw for over 300 yards. So that tells me that when it comes down to getting in the red zone and scoring in the red zone, that the opportunity for the Bengals to be a team down the road that can win a game in garbage time or, or win a game on the road. It's those those odds are getting slimmer and slimmer for the Bengals. Tennessee versus Houston. And Tennessee pulls off a stunner in overtime. Houston really dropped the ball, man. That was a deflating loss for Houston. You'd rather get blown out and know that you it's over and start thinking about next week then play it close and lose against a team that you felt like you were better than for four quarters. Cause I thought the Texans were better than the Titans for four quarters. And then the overtime came and the Texans just couldn't do it. And 
the Titans just were just too they they were too strong is the right word. They were they have a strong running back. The the Titans have a strong defense, and then Tannehill, this old crafty veteran, crafted up another win. Deshaun Watson four touchdowns. It didn't matter. It it didn't matter. He could have threw for eight hundred yards. It wouldn't have mattered. The Titans have their the Titans have the Texans number. That's what it comes down to. You it's so funny because you just couldn't help but feel that in about that third quarter, when you came to the end of the third quarter, like, man, Houston's got this. They are they no doubt, they got it. And then fourth quarter rolled around and Tennessee just held their composure, held it together. And then you gotta give him credit, man. Tannehill's great. He's a great quarterback. And uh Derrick Henry is a the best running back in the NFL is Derrick Henry. I think everybody can agree on that. Ran for over 200 yards and scored two touchdowns on 22 attempts. A lot of twos. And uh, a big victory for the Titans. That one feels good for Titans fans. That one is bittersweet for Titans fans. That's bittersweet right there. That's got to feel good. And then the most disappointing game was, of course, the Packers getting beat by the Buccaneers. And uh, only Buccaneers fans seen this coming. And that was because of the Buccaneers defense that early on this year, you know, I talked about with you saying this Buccaneers defense is for real. Look, they're going to, you know, be competitive. They're going to force teams to play different. Talked about that earlier this year, and now it's resurfacing. It's resurfaced now. So now you have Green Bay versus Tampa Bay in a game that was built up like Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady is about to be a shootout, baby. And uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't show up. Uh, felt like he was just in like State Farm mode. Like he wasn't in game mode. He was like in the State Farm insurance man mode, like not really caring, not really paying attention, forcing everything. Um, also, I I gotta say, Devonte Adams was probably the worst player on the field. He gave he one catch. He should have been able to reel in, but he, the defender just overpowered him. And then the other one, the defender just basically took it out of his hands. And I have to say that was just that was just ugly, just flat out ugly. Um, Aaron Jones was a no show. He didn't do anything. Uh, Jamal Williams, everybody saying, "Oh, Jamal Williams is better than Aaron Jones." He had one good run, ran for thirty four yards, had one good run in that whole game. Come on, what's going on? And then I started thinking. I said, "Well, they're coming off the bye week. They got no fans. There's no energy." They're not creating the energy within each other. And uh, the defense in the second quarter just completely left the building. I mean, the defense was, the Packers defense was gone, buddy, in that second quarter. They let Tampa Bay run up 28 points on them. Tom Brady sitting on the bench, with his, you know, he could have lit up a cigar there. I mean, why even play anymore? It was over there. He didn't even have to come back on the field. And honestly, they should have benched Aaron Rodgers and brought in uh, Jordan, uh, what's his name, Jordan Love. I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers was doing nothing. The 35 passes, completed 16 for 160 yards. You should have benched his ass. He should have been benched. You should have brought in Jordan Love and let him get some reps because that was just despicable. Um, and nobody scored in the fourth quarter either. Another thing, it was just like, let's just keep hiking this ball and run this clock out. Let's get the hell out of here. You know, the uh, Packers will be better after that. That's going to be a humbling loss. 
that is going to be a humbling loss. And also the play calling from Matt LaFleur was atrocious. It was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen. Um, That has to be better. He is the play caller, right? He's the play caller. That's what he was in Tennessee. Like, dude, you're the play caller. Come on, man. Like, you have weapons. You have opportunities. Like, you know, Robert Tanya came up a little bit gimpy, but he came back out there and played, you know, and he was good. Man, get back to that. Let's not get away from what works here. You know, you're forcing the ball. Devontae Adams, look how that turned up. That was Aaron Rodgers' only two interceptions of the season. Right there. Come on. Think it through. Call better plays. So, uh, after the advertisement here, I'm going to come back and give you my week seven picks. I'm going to tell you who I'm taking this week. Straight up. Just who I think is going to win. And, uh. You can go ahead and do whatever you want with it. But other than that, thanks for listening. I'll be right back after this. Cleveland Browns, uh, they stunk the place up, didn't they? They stunk it up. We say something nice about them here on Preston Super Show. Say something nice about the Cleveland Browns. And then they just turn around and stink it up. Pittsburgh Steelers. They did what I thought they would do. I picked them to win this game. I thought that was easy. I thought everybody would pick them. I mean, who thought the Browns were going to win this game? But, I mean, the way the Browns lost, that's really what I'm talking about. 38-7, to Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers are the number one team in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. Ben Roethlisberger looked at the statistics. He's having the best season of his career. He's got Chase Claypool, who is just phenomenal right now is just having a sensational season incredible they're not talking people aren't talking about it that's what you need to be talking about this chase claypool kid is a freaking nature and he's a freaking awesome to watch too and uh james connor running the ball power back bulldoze you bulldoze you right over not scared to take a hit i love it i like this pittsburgh steelers team very good team. Very competitive. They play to the level of their opponent and better, much better than the Browns uh, this week in week six. And uh, moving forward, definitely be looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers because Roethlisberger is having the best season of his of his life, of his life right now. And you have to look at this Cleveland Browns team as kind of like a week-to-week team. This is definitely a week-to-week team. The Steelers, we know they're going to be good. I feel like the Steelers are going to be tough in every game because their defense is just kicking ass. T.J. Watts kicking ass. Everybody on the defense is kicking ass. This is great. This is what you want. This is the team you want. Mike Tomlin, the freaking head coach. Terrible politics. Sounds like a goof, but, man, he's got a good football team on his hands. He's coaching this team right. Baltimore versus Philadelphia. The Battle of the Birds. Uh, Baltimore pulls this one out because they took a lead and then they started to give it up to Carson freaking Wentz. I'm telling you, this Carson Wentz guy, Philadelphia, you guys got burned on this deal. I'm telling you, you got burned on this deal. It's a bad deal. This guy's not going to lead you to the promised land. Not happening, son. Not happening. Miles Sanders played good. A lot of talk about Miles Sanders. Didn't, didn't get a touchdown running the ball, but uh, a lot of talk about Miles Sanders. That turned to be a nothing burger for the most part. Uh, 
Lamar Jackson, you see it. You know it. He's going to run on you. He's going to pass on you. And that's just what he's going to do. But he's not going to throw the ball for many yards. Like he threw the ball for 186 yards this week. He threw one touchdown. He ran a touchdown. Ran 108 yards. His leading receiver had 57 yards. That could be telling us that he spreads the ball around. But then you have to see he only completed 16 passes. So that's not really the case. Your leading receiver had four catches, uh, 57 yards. So I don't know if it's a case of spreading the ball around as much as it is. Just he doesn't really throw the ball. Uh, He doesn't really complete too many passes. Compared to other quarterbacks, he just the average is he's below average on completing passes here. So that's what worries me about this Baltimore team is that uh, they they're physical, they're tough, but then late in the game they start to wear down. Their defense starts to wear in the game. They give up twenty two points to Philadelphia in the fourth quarter. To make my point, they start to wear down late in the game. Be wary of that. Uh, Baltimore fans, talk to your team. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, definitely be uh, weary of that. Philadelphia, just a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work and not a lot of time, but there's there's time. Not a lot, though. Got to get it going in these next two, three weeks are going to be critical. By week eight, you want to have your, you know, by week eight, you, you got to know on your team who's your main guy, who's your secondary guy, who you can trust. Like, that's the things you got to be knowing by week eight because at that point, it's it's really make or break time. New York Giants versus the Washington football team. Close game. Good game for the defenses. Don't think either team is going to the playoffs. I think you just witnessed, you know, two teams that are pretty much, they're out of it, but, you know, they still have a lot of games to play, so. You see uh, Giants won this one 20-19, so it's close. It's tight. It's a physical game. But not that interesting. It just the defense has kind of ruled the day, and the Giants end up squeaking this one out. Because the Washington football team is not that good. Because they're going through the quarterbacks. They, they're trying to figure it out. They don't really have an answer um, as far as the defense goes. Whatever you're good at on offense, you'll be able to do against the Washington football team defense. That's the way I see it. Atlanta versus Minnesota. This was surprising. Minnesota, just a week ago, looked like they were turning the curve here and they were going to start getting back on track. And then they just took one step forward, two steps back. Maybe more because Atlanta really beat them up good. Matt Ryan was ice. He was Maddie Ice this week. Well, will he be next? He's a week. That's the Falcons, the Vikings. These are week to week teams. You have to look at them week to week. They're not going to be good in the long run. In the long run, you can't count on these teams. You have to be looking at them week to week. You can't plan ahead for these teams. You can't plan picks ahead for these teams. This, these are teams that are week to week. They're not good enough for you to plan ahead with uh, when you're betting. That's that's not what these two teams are going to be good for. You have to know right now. Look at these teams week to week. Because uh, neither one of these teams I'm high on. But Atlanta has the offensive firepower. Their problem is they have no defense. And when their offense stutters out, which it it does, I mean, you've seen it stutter out, then they really look bad. Um, And also, they're a very cocky team, this Atlanta football team. With Julio Jones and the rest of these guys, these guys are all cocky. These guys are really cocky, man, for a team that's not good. 
Um, one of the one of the worser teams in the uh, NFL, and they're very cocky. And uh, that's not helping them. It's not doing them any favors. This is what cost them the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Go back and watch the watch the tape. They were they were cocky as hell. They thought they had it in the bag. Done deal, son. Done deal. Minnesota, not that good. They're just not flat out not that good. Adam Thielen, he's ready to get out of there. You heard that on the hot mic. He's ready to get out of there. Kirk Cousins, not a leader. Um. I don't know. It doesn't look good for this team. Dal- Dalvin Cook, uh, what happened? Where, where'd you go? Everybody's just talking all this stuff, you know, about how great you are. And then you just, you flop. So I don't know. Minnesota's got a lot of work to do. We're, ri- we're you know, I'm being harsh on them. Everybody is really that I've seen that's talking about the Vikings. We'll see what the future holds. Indianapolis Colts versus Cincinnati Bengals. I knew the Colts would win, but it was it was scary early because it looked like in that first quarter they gave up the fourteen points and then they kind of looked like they were done. Like it looked like they were just ready to throw in the towel. But then all of a sudden the energy came back to their side. They they pulled off twenty one points in the second quarter while the Bengals were still scoring. And then fourth quarter, the Colts were just the better team. And uh, they showed it, 31-27 victory. Phillip Rivers throws three touchdowns. Again, Phillip Rivers, he'll talk all that smack, but it's really good to see him when he backs it up. That's what I like to see, and he did that this week. Jonathan Taylor uh, needs more production. We're We're calling here at the Super Show for Jonathan Taylor to get more production, get him involved in the offense more. But uh, overall, good game for the Colts. The, you can't help but wonder with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. It's just like this is just a building year. Like this is just a building year. This is just to get Joe Burrow's feet wet. This is just to get him prepared for the NFL and get a little fire in his belly from getting beat on by some of these defenses. And then next season he's going to come out and he's going to light it up. Or next year he's going to come out and have the sophomore slump. You know what I mean? So just... We'll have to see with that. It's interesting because he had a good game here. Um, and especially early on, you it looked like this this Bengals team was fired up. They're ready to go. But don't forget, in this game, Joe Burrow did not throw a touchdown, but threw for over 300 yards. So that tells me that when it comes down to getting in the red zone and scoring in the red zone, that the opportunity for the Bengals to be a team down the road that can win a game in garbage time or, or win a game on the road. It's those those odds are getting slimmer and slimmer for the Bengals. Tennessee versus Houston. And Tennessee pulls off a stunner in overtime. Houston really dropped the ball, man. That was a deflating loss for Houston. You'd rather get blown out and know that it's over and start thinking about next week than play it close and lose against a team that you felt like you were better than for four quarters. Cause I thought the Texans were better than the Titans for four quarters. And then the overtime came and the Texans just couldn't do it. And the Titans just were just too, they, they were too strong is the right word. They were, they have a strong running back. The, the Titans have a strong defense. And then Tannehill, 
This old crafty veteran crafted up another win. Deshaun Watson, four touchdowns. It didn't matter. It, it didn't matter. He could have threw for 800 yards. It wouldn't have mattered. The Titans have their, the Titans have the Texas number. That's what it comes down to. You, it's so funny because you just couldn't help but feel that in about that third quarter, when you came to the end of the third quarter, like, man, Houston's got this. They are, they, no doubt, they got it. And then fourth quarter rolled around and Tennessee just held their composure, held it together. And then you got to give him credit, man. Tannehill's great. He's a great quarterback. And uh, Derrick Henry is a, the best running back in the NFL is Derrick Henry. I think everybody can agree on that. Ran for over 200 yards and scored two touchdowns on 22 attempts. A lot of twos. And uh, a big victory for the Titans. That one feels good for Titans fans. That one is bittersweet for Titans fans. That's bittersweet right there. That's got to feel good. And then the most disappointing game was, of course, the Packers getting beat by the Buccaneers. And uh, only Buccaneers fans seen this coming. And that was because of the Buccaneers defense that early on this year, you know, I talked about with you saying this Buccaneers defense is for real. Look, they're going to, you know, be competitive. They're going to force teams to play different. Talked about that earlier this year, and now it's resurfacing. It's resurfaced now. So now you have Green Bay versus Tampa Bay in a game that was built up like Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. is about to be a shootout, baby. And uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't show up. Uh, felt like he was just in, like, State Farm mode. Like He wasn't in game mode. He was, like, in the State Farm insurance man mode, like, not really caring, not really paying attention, forcing everything. Um, also, I I gotta say, Devonte Adams was probably the worst player on the field. He gave he one catch he should have been able to reel in, but he, the defender just overpowered him. And then the other one, the defender just basically took it out of his hands. And I have to say that was just that was just ugly, just flat out ugly. Um, Aaron Jones. Was a no show. He didn't do anything. Uh, Jamal Williams, everybody's saying, oh, Jamal Williams is better than Aaron Jones. He had one good run. Ran for 34 yards, had one good run in that whole game. Come on. What's going on? And then I started thinking, I said, well, they're coming off the bye week. They got no fans. There's no energy. They're not creating the energy within each other. And uh, the defense in the second quarter just completely left the building. I mean, the defense was, the Packers defense was gone, buddy, in that second quarter. They let Tampa Bay run up 28 points on him. Tom Brady sitting on the bench, with his, you know, he could have lit up a cigar there. I mean, why even play anymore? It was over there. He didn't even have to come back on the field. And honestly, they should have benched Aaron Rodgers and brought in uh, Jordan, uh, what's his name, Jordan Love? I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers was doing nothing. The 35 passes, complete 16 for 160 yards. You should have benched his ass. He should have been benched. You should have brought a George Love and let him get some reps because that was just despicable. Um, and nobody scored in the fourth quarter either. Another thing, it was just let's just keep hiking this ball and run this clock out. Let's get the hell out of here. You know, the uh, Packers will be better after that. That's going to be a humbling loss. That is going to be a humbling loss. And also, the play calling from Matt LaFleur was atrocious. It was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen. Um, That has to be better. Matt, he is the play caller, right? 
he's the play caller. That's what he was in Tennessee. Like, dude, you're the play caller. Come on, man. Like, you have weapons. You have opportunities. Like, you know, Robert Tanya came up a little bit gimpy, but he came back out there and played, you know, and he was good. Man, get back to that. Let's not get away from what works here. You know, you're forcing the ball. Devontae Adams, look how that turned up. That was Aaron Rodgers' only two interceptions of the season. Right there. Come on. Think it through. Call better plays. So uh, after the advertisement here, I'm going to come back and give you my week seven picks. I'm going to tell you who I'm taking this week. Straight up, just who I think is going to win. And uh, you can go ahead and do whatever you want with it. But other than that, thanks for listening. I'll be right back after this.